2: center. We have uh, great operators that have been working remotely from home. Uh, They work from 830 to 430 every single day, Monday through Friday. And when people call with uh, questions, uh, with concerns, when they want to report non-emergency information, those operators are, are trained and have resource guides uh, to point people in the right direction, and certainly uh, they will be able to do that uh, with our reopen Buffalo uh, webpage for small businesses in the city of Buffalo. So it's kind of a one stop shop that we try to um, give to our residents, our callers uh, through that 311 service, and I can't say enough about the great job that our call center operators have been doing they've been working remotely now uh for about 84 days uh from home ramped up in less than uh 72 hours to be able to do that and they provided a great service uh to the city of buffalo
0: Mayor Brown, uh, to the people of the city of Buffalo, how do you think they have responded so far to the COVID-19 crisis? And if there's one thing you could ask them to either be better about or more conscious of, what would that be?
2: Uh, People in the city of Buffalo have responded very well. They've worked together. They've helped each other. We've seen businesses making donations. We've seen individuals volunteering making donations. We've seen um, our clergy uh, doing all kinds of extraordinary things to help keep people safe. Uh, We've seen unions uh, working hard to uh, provide um, donations, to provide food, other services in the community. We've seen corporations, uh, even though they have been hard hit going above and beyond, definitely this time has proven why Buffalo is known as the city of good neighbors nationally and internationally. I just want our residents not to let their guards down. We have to continue to follow the CDC guidelines. We don't want another major spike of coronavirus in the city of Buffalo, in western New York. We do not want to see our economy, our community, close down again. And the way that we can protect ourselves and protect each other is to wear masks when we're out, uh, to practice six feet of physical distancing from others, and to really avoid mass gatherings. We have to continue to follow those CDC guidelines.
0: Uh, Mayor, what would you say? And I don't see this as much locally, but it seems like after the first month of this, we saw this virus getting very political. Uh, what's your comment on how, the, how this has been politicized in the last month?
2: Uh, that's a terrible thing. It shouldn't happen. We're all in this together. Uh, the virus is affecting every single American. Uh, we should understand that. Uh, Some that are low income, that have pre-existing conditions, have been even more hard hit than others. But everyone can fall victim to coronavirus. It is a very dangerous virus. Uh, The scientists, the doctors, the medical experts still don't know everything there is to know about it. This is not a political issue. This is a global health pandemic affecting every place on the globe and we shouldn't look at this politically at all we should listen to the science we should listen to medical experts and we should follow uh those scientific and medical experts to get through this and to get through this uh with the least loss of life possible
3: Mayor, you mentioned about uh, vulnerable populations, and certainly nursing homes uh, are probably among the most vulnerable with the congregant groups of, of people who are older and uh, more at risk. Any comment on uh, the controversy between uh, Governor Cuomo and the president about, you know, sort of passing the buck about who's responsible for the nursing home, high number of deaths in New York State? What, what's your view on that?
2: You know, I don't. I don't even want to get into you know that kind of debate, that kind of controversy. Uh, the folks in uh, nursing homes in Buffalo, in Erie County, in Western New York, in New York State—they uh, are our mothers, our grandmothers, our aunts, our uncles, our fathers, our grandfathers. They need to be taken care of. They need to be protected. And that's, what the fo- that's where the focus should, should be, uh, taking care of these vulnerable members of our community that are someone's loved one, uh, that have made significant contributions in so many different uh, ways that um, are known uh, to their communities and to our country. Uh, it should be all about protecting uh, people in nursing homes and not debating who dropped the ball uh, and who was wrong, who made mistakes. Now is not the time for that. Now is the time for us all to pull together and to look out for each other and to protect each other.
3: There a question about um, the Buffalo police and firefighters. I had heard a report that uh, there are a few members of both um, the firefighters and police who have contracted the disease and have recovered, and uh, I'm wondering uh, how you think that the first responders, law enforcement, fire, EMTs, and so forth, have coped in this situation. Uh, how, how would you assess what they've done thus far within the city confines?
2: Police need. Uh, people need to understand that police officers and firefighters have extremely difficult and dangerous jobs in normal times. Uh, this is. An extraordinary time. Uh, this is a time uh, with a global health emergency, and I think our police officers and firefighters have done a very, very good job in very trying circumstances. We've had a lot of uh, police officers, a lot of firefighters uh, test positive for uh, coronavirus. We've had a, a large number that have been exposed. Uh, that um, uh, self-quarantine to protect others. Uh, Those who uh, tested positive for the most part uh, have uh, recovered from the virus and gone back uh, to work. That in itself is amazing uh, to contract a a deadly virus, um, recover from it, and go right back to work on, on the front lines That's what our police officers and firefighters are doing right now. I think we are down to uh, one or two uh, police officers or firefighters and firefighters uh, that still uh, have coronavirus and are out with coronavirus. That is a real uh, blessing uh, to those individuals, their families, and our entire community. Uh, because we need those men and women uh, working. Uh, we need them working in normal times. And we certainly need them working in these extraordinary times.
0: Mayor, now I looked at the phases. And in phase one, City Hall is still is still closed. Are there any services that you can get on an appointment basis? And in what phase will City Hall reopen?
2: Uh, City Hall is still closed. Uh, right now. uh, We are doing major preparations uh, to reopen. Uh, But while City Hall does remain physically closed, all of our employees are working. If people need assistance uh, from any of our city departments, uh, they can contact those departments. They will still help them. Uh, The contact information, again, is on the city's website, buffalony.gov. Our call center operators working remotely. Our employment counselors working remotely. Essential workers out in the field working every day. Police, fire, sanitation, water, sewer. uh, Our permits and inspections department working uh, um, remotely. Uh, uh, coming in and out, working flexibly uh, so that we can be prepared uh, for uh, the reopening. Um, uh, We have an electronic permit review process uh, where people can submit their permits remotely. Uh, That process has worked extremely well. Uh, And um, uh, right now, even though physically the building is closed, People can still get all of the uh, services they need uh, from city government, and our employees have done a very good job with that. We're we're hoping uh, that our reopening could be moved up uh, to Phase 2. We'll see. I know that Governor Cuomo and uh, the State Health Department, uh, the State Department of Labor, um, other uh, departments are Uh, providing the governor and his management team uh, updates around uh, the clock on uh, health, safety matters, reopening information. Uh, That is being uh, processed by the governor and his management team. And I know his goal is to open uh, uh, the state as quickly as possible, but as safely as possible.
3: Mayor, I've got to ask you, I mean, things have been uh, just wonderful in the city with the renaissance of the city and all uh, the development and all the uh, businesses opening and just a a thriving atmosphere. And then everything comes to a screeching halt with this pandemic. How does this affect your budget and what should people expect in terms of any sort of uh, tax increase, if any, or other services being cut, perhaps?
2: Uh, There has been a major hit. To the city budget. Um, uh, The city uh, is losing millions and millions of dollars. There's no question about it. Um, uh, There is going to be a multi-million dollar deficit in the current fiscal year. Uh, We're expecting a significant multi-million dollar deficit in the uh, next fiscal year. The budget that I presented to the city council. May, May 1st, is a recovery plan for the city of Buffalo. And I did some things that I think are creative, entrepreneurial, uh, made some very difficult decisions. But what we did in this budget is we didn't cut uh, employees. Uh, we certainly didn't cut any essential services. We um, cut the tax rate in the city of Buffalo uh, so that most Uh, business owners, most of our homeowners, will see their tax bill stay the same or go down. Uh, We didn't cut any services in the city of Buffalo. We want to be prepared uh, to not only reopen, not only resume where we were before, but we want to reignite the renaissance that we were seeing in the city of Buffalo. If coronavirus didn't hit, we were poised to end this fiscal year with a $5 million surplus, uh, and that is one of the reasons that uh, I placed an item in the city budget for $65 million of federal disaster relief. It is my belief, and I've said this since the very beginning of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, That the federal government needs to provide municipalities, cities, counties, states, school districts with direct, flexible financial relief for our country will go into a depression. It won't be a recession. It will be a deep depression. We have almost 40 million Americans that are out of work right now. And one way to jumpstart the American economy is to provide direct federal financial relief to municipalities all across this country. And again, this is uh, a bipartisan issue. There should be no politics here. This is something that Republican officials, as well as Democrat officials and independent officials, are calling for in cities, counties, towns, villages, states, all across
0: America. And Mayor, one final question. I'd like to end on a light note. Who you got this afternoon? Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, or Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady? Uh,
2: All great at what they do. I'm going with Tiger and Peyton.
0: That is who I'm going with as well. Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for joining us. You have yourself a great weekend.
2: Thank you, uh, Joe and uh, Brenda. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, God bless you. God bless Buffalo. Uh, God bless our great nation.
0: Looking forward to talking to you soon. That is Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown, and we thank him for going way over the time we had allotted. Brenda, what do you say we get an update from Alan, and we'll be right back
3: i think we should do that and then when we come back joe i have a, a really nice quote to talk about memorial day
0: sounds great be back after this on hardline on WBN
3: and welcome back to hardline on this memorial day weekend brenda alaci with you from home practicing social distancing with my co-host joe beamer back at uh enter chem radio broadcast center thank you so much for tuning in this week we welcome your calls and texts the texts are already coming in calls are welcome at 803-0930 wonder what you thought about the mayor's comments the city of buffalo mayor byron brown on with us talking about his initiatives about wearing masks and uh, reopening the city and as i mentioned at the top of the show i i hate to uh, not acknowledge what a a sacred day uh, memorial day is and i thought it would be interesting to quote some well-known people who uh, had some thoughts about Memorial Day. And here's one of my favorites by Claudia Pemberton. She is an author who has written extensively about the military. She said, America without her sol- America without her soldiers would be like God without his angels. And I thought that was very fitting, Joe, and uh, a lovely sentiment.
0: Yeah, for sure. Also, I don't mean to nitpick here, Brenda, but, you know, on Friday, the governor did say happy memorial day and it's not happy memorial day no it really bugs me right you know you can say have a good memorial day weekend uh but as you pointed out and you know who really opened my eyes to this was a few years ago david bellavia and i were working together i think it was either on this very show together or a friday before memorial day um and he you know was saying the significance of Memorial Day and and the difference between tomorrow and Veterans Day. And ever since then, when I hear someone say, Happy Memorial Day, I kind of cringe.
3: Yeah, I feel the same way, Joe. That's why I thought it was important to mention that at the top, because it's easy to kind of lose sight of what the difference is, is between the two um, holidays. And uh, it really, as I read recently, it's not about mattress sales and barbecues. It's about people who've sacrificed their lives. Now, certainly we can enjoy the weather and the long weekend and, you know, try to maintain our social distance and uh, and uh, take advantage of this time of year. But I don't want to lose sight of what it means. So we'll, we'll throw some quotes in throughout the rest of the show and, uh, you know, take your calls as well. I'm wondering what people thought about the mayor's comments and uh, he didn't want to jump into the nursing home controversy, but it's something we could discuss as well. Yeah,
0: and, and you know, the, the governor did speak about that yesterday. And the thing about these Saturday briefings, Brenda, um, they don't really get the attention of the weekday briefings um, because it's on Saturday. And especially now when the weather's nice, you're out gardening, or if you're me, you're out running, laughing at the people who own houses gardening. Um, <laughs> But uh, So not as many people are home or tuned into the news, and and we've said this, Brenda, we've said this repeatedly, you have to step away. And, And Saturday, especially yesterday after that morning rain, was a beautiful day to step away and take in the weather, take in one of those nice Buffalo spring days. Um, so if you didn't hear the governor respond to the criticism of the nursing home, here's a little bit of what he said. And like Brenda said, we'll take your calls. 803-0930, star 930. The text board is open at 3930. Now at 11 o'clock, we do have Dan Mason from the Rochester Red Wings to kind of have a lighter topic for a few minutes, but we will also take your calls on the nursing home after that interview as well. Here is what the governor said yesterday on criticism of his handling of nursing homes.
1: We had 68,000 hospitalizations. Uh, I don't, so the 4,000 number would be a subset of that. Uh, and I don't know what information we have that we haven't released at this point. Do you know?
4: No, I don't think there's any information that we have that we haven't released at this point, but I just want to reiterate once again that the policy that the Department of Health put out was in line directly with the March 13th directive put out by CDC and CMS that read, and I quote, nursing homes should admit any individuals from hospitals where COVID is president, not could, should. That is President Trump's CMS and CDC. So I know that there's been a lot of discussion on this topic, there are over a dozen states that did the exact same thing, many of whom were concerned about hospital capacity. At the time, everybody remembers the projections were well into the 140,000 hospital bed range, whereas we started out with I think it was about 50,000. And so obviously any death is an unfortunate death, but even when you look at in comparison to other states, New Jersey has 5,522 confirmed nursing home deaths whereas New York is 3,094, Massachusetts 3,755, Connecticut 1,487. It's been a national and international tragedy that everybody has had to grapple with, and it is something that we're trying to learn from every day and move forward.
1: Yeah, actually, let me just, let me just comment on that. The, look, we're in a political environment here. I get it. I understand it. I'm a big, big boy. Uh, I can say all day long, I refuse to politicize this discussion and I have not and I will not because I represent Democrats and Republicans and independents and atheists and short people and tall people and the politics makes no difference to me. Uh, I have no political agenda, I have no political aspirations, there's no politics here. The. I can say that, but we're still in an election year and people are still playing politics. And this is a hyper partisan environment to the extent people want to politicize this issue. And Republicans are saying, uh, well, New York did this. New York followed the president's agency's guidance. So that depoliticizes it. What New York did was follow what the Republican administration said to do. That's not my attempt to politicize it. It's my attempt to depoliticize it. So don't criticize the state for p- following the president's policy. Go Go the
2: there. That having thousands
1: Go. of those patients coming
4: into nursing homes had absolutely nothing to do with the high number of infections and deaths that we've seen
1: uh yeah we've we've gone through the infection rate uh many times and there's nothing has changed
0: so that is governor cuomo yesterday at his daily coronavirus briefing um brenda i don't know what you think about this personally i think both sides are guilty of politicizing this in the last month You know, I have to say, I think Governor Cuomo, President Trump, in the first month, great. They didn't politicize this. They they worked together on this. But now as we're getting towards reopening and we're looking at what happened in certain states. In this state, the nursing home issue is the big issue. Was it handled properly? And the governor, after saying he's not going to politicize it, blamed it. On Republican leaders. And we've seen this now a trend in his and I'm not saying it's just the governor. The president is guilty of it, too. Uh, But we've noticed a trend in these weekly or these daily briefings uh, where the governor will pick a member from the Republican Party and decide to start blaming them. He went after Mitch McConnell for the way Kentucky was handling it. Not their Democrat governor, but the Republican senator. I don't know if you've noticed the same thing.
3: Well, yes, I have. But McConnell went after Cuomo, too, and I think he was responding to him. But yes, I agree with you, Joe, that uh, it's on both sides. And I don't know if you heard the latest, but there's a um, a representative, a New York councilman in Queens, and Andrew Cuomo often talks about how he's a Queens boy and a, you know a tough New Yorker. Well, this Queens lawmaker is a guy named Eric Ulrich, and he's demanding the city council investigate Cuomo's handling of the crisis in nursing homes. And, you know, obviously we know thousands of residents have perished, and it's a horrible situation. So, what this uh, councilman Ulrich wants to do is probe Cuomo's uh, controversial executive order that mandated nursing homes and other long term care facilities admit seniors who were still positive for the coronavirus. After being discharged from hospitals. So, Joe, to your point, uh, this is not going to go away anytime soon. And I think that, you know, that with the heat being raised here, uh, there's more and more of an emphasis on this. And if you notice how that becomes the focal point of the, the press briefings with Cuomo, it's only going to get worse. I think we're going to see more and more of this. And uh, they nobody wants to take real responsibility, it seems.
0: No, and, that's. You
3: know, to, to there, just one more point I want to make, Joe. Uh, To give a little bit of a benefit of the doubt, this situation was extraordinary. There has never been a pandemic like this that has hit the United States and the world um, until you look back at perhaps what President Trump often cites back in 1918 with the Spanish flu. But the way this thing evolved and quickly evolved It was tough to make the right decision, I think. So I don't envy these people who had to make these decisions. And certainly, you know, if you lost loved ones, you want to point blame and you want things to be different. But I do feel like these people had a lot of pressure to work under and try to make the right decision. I don't know that the right decisions were made, but uh, somebody has to take some responsibility here.
0: And, and, you know, I I said this at the beginning and I stick by my comment. When this is all said and done, when... Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We have either found a vaccine or we have defeated the virus by limiting the numbers. Then, you know, we can point blame. Um, But I think it's, in my opinion, irresponsible of any leader, uh, Republican or Democrat, during this time. If it's your state, if it's you're the president... Um, take a little responsibility or look into it instead of pointing your fingers and saying, it's the other side. You you know, I mean, like you said, Brenda, there are people dying. There are family members that, you know, to us, it's just a number. But to them, I mean, they've lost someone. They'll never be with that person again. Um, The last thing they want to hear is the governor saying, oh, it's Republicans' fault or the president saying, oh, it's Democrats' fault. They just want to be told that, They'll get an answer that there will be not there will be an investigation that they will get the reason why this happened. They're not going to blame the other person just so they can then go ask the other person and point blame back to them. That's not what they want to see. You know, at a time like this, that's not what anyone wants to see. They just want answers.
3: You know, it's tragic on a lot of levels, too, because you've got 5,800 seniors, according to the latest reports I've read, that have died in nursing homes and other facilities that are considered long-term. And, uh, you know, Joe, we've all seen these heartbreaking images of these poor older people who are confined to the nursing home and their family and friends are coming and looking at them through a window or holding up a sign and... It's particularly, I think, difficult for somebody who suffers from any sort of memory loss, dementia, Alzheimer's, because they can't pick up the phone and, and talk and have a rational conversation. They, they can't go in and hold their hand or try to reminisce about the olden days when perhaps their memory was better. There's so many things that are heartbreaking about this, but the, the nursing home deaths, uh, what, a way, what a way to go out. So, uh, you know, as Joe mentioned, we'd love to hear your comments about, what's happening, how it's been handled, uh, what you think might happen next at 803-0930.
0: And coming up next, after the top of the hour news, we are going to take a little bit of a break, but stay on the line. We are going to take calls on the nursing homes after this interview. But I thought, you know, Memorial Day weekend, um, it's just been serious news after serious news, maybe just a little bit of a lighter topic, so for the first segment of the 11 o'clock hour, we are going to talk to Dan Mason from the Rochester Red Wings. They have found a way to not only make a little money during the quarantine, but give people that baseball ballpark food that, I don't know about you, Brenda, I've been craving, and if you drive by Frontier Field in Rochester, you can get your hands on some of those concession stand favorites. We're going to talk to him about that and about business in general during this coronavirus pandemic. When we come back, it is Hardline, Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy with you until noon here on WBEN. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News.